0: Here we have Steve Carpenter from Extract Production. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Looking forward, Steve, thank you for accepting my invite. Looking forward to a brief chat about what's happening in supply chain in your company in general and how the data analytics, AI is changing. That's kind of what I like to uh, talk to you and learn and share with our audience. Thank you for accepting. Go ahead with your quick intro.
1: Yeah. Thank you Ganesh for having me here today. I, you know, I'm excited to be a part of this and and talk about this with you. So as you said, my name is Steve Carpenter. I'm a um, strategic analyst for supply chain and quality for extract production companies um, based out of here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. Uh, you know, we've met and talked several times. It's
0: been a wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, to, just to give you a context, right? I think, um, you um, know, I am. We both know, but from audience perspective, right. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Conversite, a mm-hmm. conversational insights AI analytics platform company. We are helping supply chain company, customer companies with uh, data analytics and insights. Um, so, what do you do in your role? And what what is your company up to? What What are some of the key mission critical things here? You know, I
1: I started just here recently. I think I've okay. just now come on board within a little over a, a year. And really part of the, the driving force that I had when I came on board was to modernize and make our entire supply chain operation more um, efficient, smarter. Mm-hmm. And that kind of led us down the path of AI, um, particularly with some of the impacts that we were already seeing. And the, the lack of visibility that we had across the board is is not something that you're aware of it, right? I mean, you know that there's some things you don't see or maybe some pictures you're not getting the whole image of, but you are never really sure just how much of it you're not getting until you finally have it. Yeah. And so with AI, that was a, a huge goal that we had to bring that into our supply chain process and really create these stories for us and help us drive better actions, smarter decisions, and and do so in a more pertinent timeline. And so my role within the company is is creating that story with AI, using the AI platform, and and making that available to my team and leadership.
0: Got it. So Steve, you started with the word supply chain efficiency. You want to bring more supply chain efficiency. How do you know a company is not or do not have a supply chain efficiency. What is that? What are some of the indicators though? Yeah. Is it just more inventory or like, what what are some of the indicators?
1: You know, I think there's some unique indicators to, you know, I I would almost say every industry, you know, and even within that, you get more microscopic at the individual company levels, right? Yeah. Um, I think some universal ones, you know, for supply chain efficiency across the board is going to heavily do with your landing dates and your inventory terms overall. Are you carrying too much? Are you getting in what you need to when you need to? Okay. Are, you, are you monitoring your cost increases and in growth across the board? Mm-hmm. Um, are you procuring enough vendors to keep yourself from being, you know, to, to manage your risk level really? Yeah. These are, for us, one of the, the big indicators that we identified early on that we said we want to make this a, a factor for our team. Was months on hand, so sure. we we quickly um, teamed up together and 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 made a plan to kind of drive inventory in our supply chain operation that way. And and for us, it's been a um, it's been a very powerful tool, and not really
0: something that we had access to until we brought our AI into the process. So, you know, when I you know connect with a number of leaders when when they talk about oh we have a lot of inventory, mm-hmm. in my view it is not purely supply chain teams' uh, problem. you know they bought a lot of those, they brought all the inventory mm-hmm. because they had something in mind. right. It, it may be a bad forecast or it may be a bad visibility. So not specific to extract, but in general, I know you have been into many companies mm-hmm. in general, what lead to that kind of um, you know inventory, high volume inventory where your inventory turn is not. As yeah. you know, expected. that's a, that's a great point. Right. So
1: and throughout my adventure, so far in my career, I found that the industry standard, no matter where you're at, often is overreaction rather than okay. proaction.
0: Okay. And, yeah.
1: and so it's, we don't know what the impact is going to be. We don't know what the future may hold for these commodities or these high, high value products. And so, Let's buy that market space and availability while we can. And over time, when you overreact like that, you know, the longer you hold that, if you're not getting your inventory turned, your margin value within that product begins to chip away month Mm -hmm. after month. So whatever built-in profit revenue you had in that slowly begins to dissipate and eventually fade away. So, okay. Supply chain impact can have a huge, I mean, huge impact on your actual revenue turns and your PPV on your inventory.
0: Got it. So now, um, so for whatever reason, you know, high expectation on the growth or um, higher risk from the supplier side, you know, one way or other, I think uh, the last two years when I spoke to many companies, especially I still remember like Q3 of um, 2020, like no one was talking about excess inventory, rather like stockouts, right? right? And now, exactly two years or a year later, two, two years later now, we are like everybody talking about excess inventory. How do I optimize it? So, yeah, your point on overreacting, maybe, yeah, correct. So now, I, I know you are in, in the manufacturing business. Mm-hmm. From a manufacturing business perspective, I know as manufacturing companies operate at a very, very lean margin, um, in that context, preventing stockout is high priority or reducing excess inventory, which, is, which takes higher priority when you are talking to your CFOs? Well, it kind of depends on which side you're talking to. Are you talking okay. to the production side or are we
1: talking to the accounting side? You know, if we're talking to the production sense. side, they're going to tell you stockouts is the absolute sure. most critical factor. Right. If we're talking to the accounting side, they're going to tell you that excess is the most critical factor. Most critical.
0: Right.
1: You know, and it's 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 one of those challenges where you can't sell product that you don't have, right? Yes. I need Legos to build what I provide to my customers, and I need to make sure I have those Legos. The the challenge here comes to getting really the entire team on the same page and being realistic with what your expectations are and, and trying to create this vision that everyone buys into Um, that's the direction we're trying to go. Uh, We've, I have a a couple colleagues, you know, and professional friend group where they've kind of started that similar journey down the, down the path together with their own sales team and accounting and it's Mm -hmm. having they're they're telling the same stories that I've been experiencing for the last couple of years. So it's been pretty fun.
0: Okay, so now um, there are, you know, any any time when I'm hearing about, oh, we are getting into moving into a new ERP, Mm -hmm. okay. The ERP is supposed to solve that problem, isn't it? Like, you know, bring that fine-tuned balance between the demand and supply. So where is the, where is the gap? What gap the ERPs are creating? ERPs or warehouse management systems, MRPs, whatever you call, where does that system stop? And why do you look for an additional analytics or AI? What's a gap? You know, this is I'm I'm really excited to talk about this one, particularly coming
1: back from the holiday break that we had. Hmm. This is one of the conversations that my team had with our leadership. Okay. Is what kind of what is the limitations and really the ultimate capacity of our current ERP system? Okay. And what kind of situation can we find ourselves in in the near future? Um, you know, having been a part of several ERP implementations and using several variations, really, I think they all they all have limited reporting capabilities, mm-hmm. and often the individual businesses try to curtail them to be okay. very specific to their business needs, which is understandable. It's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, but the the flaw in that is that. The, the data can often be very skewed to present the story that you want, not necessarily the story that is um, true. Okay. <laughs> and um, so when we, when we get into that mess, reporting capabilities and visibility is a huge access to it, ease yes. of usability, um, is it intuitive? There's yeah. all these different aspects that go into it. And for, for us, those are, those are really the biggest aspects. And uh, that, that gap there, that I would say that the biggest gap between that demand planning and the ERP system there really ultimately comes down to user input. Be, you said, yeah. No matter what ERP system you're operating in, you still have an external source, an external team yes. that is vying together to put together a forecast. And you input that and mm. that ERP system does what it does to to run with that. There are very few that I'm aware of that will generate and create that demand plan for you on its own in a accurate timeline or even
0: an accurate manner at all for product yeah i think the new term i heard for i think last last couple of years called response planning right um, self adjusting or uh, you know the plan look at the demand pattern changes and um, supply risk and automatically calibrate itself and provide that i think that's where i believe the the modern age, the AI systems are coming in. So, I know you have been in this journey on the analytics and um, AI a little bit. Um, when when people think about AI and analytics, mm-hmm. you know, when I talk to supply chain leaders from a large Fortune five hundred versus you know uh, mid sized companies, all of them feel there is a need, but there is always like, can I afford it? Can I do it? And do we have the resources who can understand and appreciate the value? So a lot of questions comes, right? So when you are thinking about Mm -hmm. going, you know, I need something more than my ERP. My Excel alone is not enough. What does that process look like? Who all you need to convince? And how do you yourself get convinced? Well, with, with that impact, when it comes to who all do
1: I need to convince, it's it's really gonna be my, my my tenured team around the the experience trend and gut reliability feel right. Yeah. I mean, across several industries and companies, you're gonna have the, this wonderful group of people who have such a strong tribal knowledge and gut feel for their market and business that yes, they they really trust that instinct there, and that's just absolutely wonderful. And where I think AI can really come into that is help validate. A lot mm. of that experience that they have in their decision making proposals, right? So we can say, this is what I think is happening, and this is what I predict with the market conditions and this customer. And then we can ask the AI for its input and it can really validate or tell us that we're off the mark a little bit and it's not seeing quite the same thing. Yeah. And you know, we've had several examples of that just here within the last quarter within our own team. And And that's the role that I play in trying to convince my team is we have to remove the feel part of it. I feel we have to remove that part of it and build in the decision-making logic that is more relevant towards driving action. It's hard to drive action off of feelings. It's really to drive action off of clear, defined logic.
0: So... Can I say the indication for for a new system is it like more lot of manual reporting or is it not able to answer questions from your CFO or um, or is it real missing like frequent stockouts? What triggers that? Yes, I need a new system. What's the business trigger?
1: What's the business to get there that kind of decides whether or not we need a new system? Yes. Yeah, I you know. Ultimately, it's going to come down to, I mean, there's several factors there, of course, right? I mean, um, is the, the is the program responsive? Is the ERP responsive enough? Can it handle what we're trying to do, whether it be from multi-level bombs, um, yeah. r- reporting aspects? You know, there's a, I have a colleague right now in the ERP system they're utilizing doesn't have WIP reports, doesn't have WIP cost reports. Mm. So they've had to sort of bastardize an outside report through Excel, through a individual key holder that develops this. And um, that's just really not an efficient direction forward. And so I think when some of those decisions come into there, it's you start developing late deliveries, you start developing stockouts, these conditions arrive where it's, I need to see this how did this happen? And then that starts to expose yeah. these weaknesses there. It's not, mm. you know, just a, a, um, one big rock that drops. It's more like these snowflakes that build up snowflakes. into this large pile of things. Yeah. You know, when you get into it, to an analysis point, it's kind of like a five why situation. What happened? Why did it happen? How could it happen? And those start to expose those gaps in your ERP system for, for us, um, and personally, and, and several of my colleagues, it was the excess inventory. It was um, delayed landing dates. Okay. It was yeah. actionable triggers. Um, actionable mm-hmm. triggers has been a, a, a recent top topic that we've had among several
0: of my teammates. Um, but yeah, I think those are really some, some those important are factors. Things. Yeah, I know. I know you've been using Converseite, but in <laughs> other words. If you are a supply chain leader and you are you see these problems yeah. and you think you, you need a different solution, how do you go off that? Like, of course, once you these smaller problems and productivity and all that you identified, so you convince that you need a new system. Sure. What do you look for in the new system? You what know, are all, must have a like nice to have solution. It's going
1: to that number one thing is going to start with accounting. It needs to have all the financial reports and availability that the team needs. Uh um and then we're going to move into intuitiveness with production several erp systems are often curtailed towards one side or the other it's more inventory friendly not so production friendly Mm -hmm. this is more production friendly not so inventory friendly um so we have to balance that process out with us um can it handle the the multi-level bomb layers that we're wanting to do um, are we able to actually input and, and have a demand plan within this ERP system? Got it. But those are, those are factors that go there alone. And, you know, this is a, as I referenced earlier, this is a, a conversation that our team had just coming back from the holiday break. And one of, the, one of the questions asked was, can are what we're using right now, is it on the verge of breaking with the growth that we've had? Mm-hmm. You know, when you have to ask yourself, why do you think it's on the verge of breaking? right? And what troubles have you ran into so far? Because it may not really be a whole new ERP system that you need. You may need need a smart platform like Conversite to step in and answer those questions for you that your ERP system is lacking. Yeah. So it's important to be honest and and, um, have a very clear
0: vision of what you're trying to accomplish with that. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. So now, you know, a, a potential new systems, AI and analytics kind of systems can promise a lot of value over a period of time. Mm-hmm. But what do you what do you like how do you go after in implementing what like there should be some quick ROIs? So oh, yeah. what's in it like for you from What do you look for in three weeks or three months, (laughs) six months, whatever? Yeah. So right away, what I
1: wanted to see was I wanted clear visibility of our, I would say, our weak points, our choke points within our supply chain operation. If my current ERP system isn't exposing this to me, that's Hmm. why I ran into the situation. That's why I ran into these stock, ran Mm -hmm. into these stockouts. So right away, I want clear visibility on that. And I want to be able to use that information to create a, a combat plan, if you will, to tackle the obstacle and get it rectified and correct. You know what? Another big one that we had was um, really getting a real-time feel for our lead times and landing dates. Mm. That was another huge objective that we had. It's We have our vendors telling one story. We have accounting telling one story. And yeah. we wanted to bridge that gap of information and know what
0: the actual dock to stock time was hmm. for our individual products. Got it, got it. So clearly addressing some of that visibility problem first and then, you know, move on to the next set of initiative. Um, I think it, it, it also very well provide uh, the productivity gain um, if uh, someone is using a lot of Excel's Uh, productivity gain to start with. So Now, um, in the last couple of minutes, I want to think about the future. Right Mm -hmm. now, we we are getting into the new year and in your view, are we done with all the supply chain disruptions from pandemic or do you think it's still continuing for another year? You know, I think we'll continue on with supply chain disruptions for really the next year
1: or so. I mm. I would be ecstatic to see some improvements in that. But mm. I, unfortunately, I don't really think that that, that that impact is coming at all. So we've seen a few things taper back down commodities wise, but not enough pre-level, not to the pre-level price points that we were seeing. Um, I would love to see that, but unfortunately, I just don't think we're going to get there.
0: So... On a on a year like you know what's coming up, you know we are hearing a lot of lot of um, you know supply chain disruptions, mm-hmm. but at the same time there's also macro economy playing a little bit weird, so watch out. So in that context, if like I know you have the technology today, but would you buy a new technology, and uh, and what promises the new technology should give?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely would. I mean, when you think about the cost impact of a technology such as a, a pl- AI platform as conversite versus a full-on ERP implementation comparable to something along the lines of um, SAP, the the cost impact is drastic. Yeah. The implementation timeline is drastically different. Mm. And did you really gain what you wanted out of it? If you wanted these stories to be told, was it worth the cost you paid to implement the ERP versus the cost to purchase the, the new technology for ConverseSight and do that onboarding? Um, in my experience, no, it's, it's not worth that cost. It's significantly easier to bring on a new technology such as ConverseSight that can create those stories for you, um, particularly when you have something that can accurately um, predict your cash flow and give you some target goals to to follow through and on. And that's when we had this conversation just here recently for 2023 about expanding it, recession talk is across the board. Um, So there's a lot of companies out there that I'm I'm sure are trying to minimize their budgets and uh, push up their reserves. We're one of those companies. And we feel that we're, the, the right direction to go is to trust the AI process is to really bring it in further as a as a team member that sits next to myself,
0: yeah, <laughs> and, and help us get better, faster, smarter from there. Yeah, especially you know taking those right decisions and more quickly, timely That's um, does make a big difference. I still remember the year two thousand eight, um, where when I was in the data analytics space for another thing. I've seen most number of companies implementing data analytics during the year 2008, yeah. while rest all slowing down because that's a time where we need to control the cost and optimize the spend as much as possible and, and get higher visibility on the demand. Yeah. and be prepared, right? So, absolutely, game on. So, I think that's kind of what we are looking for to you know partner with uh, you know new organizations where they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, this AI, you know, augmentation is going to go a long way. It's not really, you know, uh, replacing or reducing the headcount. It's all about making your existing team work more smarter. That's what this AI is all going to do. Um, yeah, looking forward to partner with you more and uh, learn the supply chain tricks, what you're applying. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ganesh. It was a wonderful conversation here. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for
1: your time. Uh, Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.